Good day class. This is It Needs to Be Catchy. And uh, I am the professor, Joey Malillo. However, I've been informed that this is not a classroom. Uh, and so to borrow from the parlance of our universe, the television one, uh, I am welcoming you to the island. And joining me as always is our Gilligan, Daniel Milwee. Daniel, hi. Hello, definitely not the professor and absolutely the millionaire, probably. Uh, whoever Whoever's the biggest asshole in that show is probably <laughs> the Joey Malillo. Um, but yes, hi, welcome. I'm, thank you. I'm glad. Uh, I love the idea, too, the conceit that you are just this professor with all of this burgeoning knowledge of, of TV history wandering into uh, a room and deciding to teach, and then the people in that room are like, are you mad? This isn't a classroom. And it's like, well, apparently I've been informed that this is not a classroom, <laughs> but I will still be the professor. <laughs> How we are all you? get to choose our own narratives. Uh, we are also uh, joined by our Coconut Radio, Greg Allen. Greg, hello. <laughs> What's going on? Coconut Radio. I like it. All right. <laughs> keeping us keeping us connected and tethered to the world. Uh, shall we start off with uh, my new segment that I love? Y- yes, segment. Uh, I'm, it's just better to call it segment. <laughs> I mean, until we until we have another segment, why not call? We we'll just call it Daniel Daniel segment. Uh, sooner or later, I'm sure we'll come up with Sports Corner or something yeah. else. Daniel Sports Corner. Uh, right. Okay, here so, with the weather. So take a listen to this. recognize it at all and i don't think that that's necessarily the game i'm playing is do you recognize something completely removed from any context that's actually pretty challenging i think for any but the most obvious ones sure um yes because as as uh as sideshow bob once uh uh so aptly described television it is a bottomless chum bucket <laughs> yeah, that's right uh so that <sighs> is the theme song to baywatch nights oh okay so okay. I heard sun goes okay. So I heard sun goes down. So right. now that, that that makes sense. Yeah. Baywatch Nights. Are you familiar with Baywatch Nights? I have a vague memory of there being a Baywatch Nights series. Uh, uh, Hasselhoff was attached, right? Yes. So uh, that theme song was sung by David Hasselhoff and Lou Rawls. Lou Rawls plays the nightclub owner that he rent. I mean, Baywatch Nights is basically David Hasselhoff as supernatural detective. <laughs> that's the plot of the show um he quits being a police officer for the baywatch and opens it up opens up his own detective agency uh and solves increasingly supernatural crimes because of slipping ratings <laughs> from i like okay the, well here's where i have to confess to you that i did not watch much of baywatch with the sound on uh <laughs> so what, uh, mitch was a cop and not a lifeguard and that's the end of the story uh, uh yes he was actually uh 
a, an officer of the peace. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, then I shall condemn Baywatch's original theme song for failing to convey that. And according to Wikipedia, just I don't know how accurate this is, but the audience of the original Baywatch was uh, 65% female. Uh, okay. Well, I'm willing to bet that the audience of Baywatch would not stand for an inaccurate Wikipedia entry, so uh, <laughs> guessing that's accurate. Well, this concludes Daniel's segment where he makes up the rules so that he wins. Uh, the score currently is Daniel 2, Joey 0. Damn All right. right. Um, so, uh, I, you know, we, uh, we, we've, we've, had, we've established an episode format where we uh, examine the work of a, uh, of a single creator. And I kind of uh, had intended for this episode to be one of those. Um, the the to tie us back to uh, to last week's episode though, uh, this composer is an example of an artist whose work might more accurately like he comes he comes from the world of theme music. Uh, his his shows um, his his best themes don't have lyrics, uh, and but he. But his theme songs are, his theme songs are written. It's consistently the same song every time. It is. There's no. There's no uh, jazz variation in them like you might find uh, occasionally within Seinfeld or even Frasier. Uh, and the composer that I'm talking about is Earl Hagen. So um, we're gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start here and uh, with Earl Hagen's uh, what I consider to be Earl Hagen's most iconic theme song. It's the Andy Griffith Show. <laughs> um, so, a couple questions here. Actually, you know what? Let's start uh, by going off of uh, of Daniel's comment. Would you consider the announcement of the uh, of the show's title and cast to be a part of that theme song? Ooh. I don't know. No. I don't know that I would consider it a part of the theme song, but it's definitely a part. I, I mean, I can think of multiple other uh, examples that do the same thing, that the theme song wouldn't be the same without that announce. Any late night show, Colbert or uh, Saturday Night Live or, you know, any of those late night shows does the same same thing. Sure. Well, then let's go back to something that we uh, we learned in last episode. Uh, the uh, the idea that there is a distinction between a show's opening theme and its opening sequence and that its opening sequence uh, that there, there we have to consider uh, all of the imagery and any of the other elements that, that go into it. Uh, but then that the theme song, while being one of those elements, can be separated and uh, and and. Uh, evaluated distinctly, uh, which is what we're attempting, you know, uh, by and large is what we're attempting to do in this particular podcast. Well, and I think you also bring up a decent point because, I mean, to answer your question first, no, I don't think that the announcement should be part of the theme song. And part of that 
we already kind of answered because we all knew what that theme song was immediately, and it had nothing to do with the announcer coming in saying it. It was just the right. tune, which will know? lead to my second, the second thing I want to bring up. But please, okay. Me. But yeah, I do. I think that there's another thread that we can open, which. I'm not sure if we really talked about it before, even though we've had we've talked about this concept before of theme music versus theme song. But would you call like Saturday Night Live? I mean, that's not really a theme song, is it? Because it's kind of different every night, even though it always has like that opening sax. Uh, So in the last episode, we I, we made the point that we want to uh, we want to make uh, a distinction between theme music and theme songs. And here, I'd like to propose one of the criteria by which we can make that distinction, and that is that theme music has the has room for improvisation. So there's flexibility for it to change from episode to episode. Uh, but one thing that a theme song should do is be consistent every time. So uh, the Andy Griffith Show theme, uh, even though it has a lot of elements that I would associate with theme music, uh, is is played the same every time. And I, I feel I feel personally like it. That's uh, something that gives it the extra leg up into be consider into being considered a theme song whereas Saturday night live uh, you're right uh, not only has it change can it change every night because it's played live uh, and it ha- it's it's evolved over the 40 plus years that it's been on the the air you know I occasionally it'll take a, a bigger leap but it's really it's really the song is really kind of a jazz riff that they continually tinker with. Uh, in every episode. So to me, that, that doesn't, it doesn't get, it doesn't get full consideration as, as a theme song because we never have a chance to completely get, uh, you know, it, it, it never has a chance to become completely familiar to us. Hmm. I think I would agree. Yeah. Okay. But so we can agree that that would be a, a criteria for, uh, for, for differentiating theme music from theme song. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, just rather than just being music too, like it still fits the idea of theme music because it's still recognizable for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that it's not consistent enough. Right, right. It's close, but it's not. It's it's not complete. It's not totally repeatable. Right. Okay. Uh, so well, with that if that in mind, I want to I want to back up my point a little bit more and look at the second of Earl Hagen's uh, great theme songs. All right, so that is... Uh, no words. That, that is the Dick Van Dyke theme song. It is, it oh, is yeah. without lyric. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, that's, that's Earl Hagen. You know, he, he tends to work without lyrics. I think yeah. we may, as we, as we go into some of his lesser-known stuff, we may see some... Uh, some some places where it's where it has come in, but the, certainly the two the two best known of his are Andy Griffith and Dick Van Dyke. And it's Dick Van the Dyke, Dick Van Dyke show, right? It is yeah, much like Andy Griffith. Um, we we heard we're, we're hearing versions without the without the announcements, but yes, there was an announcer right. who would speak over the music, say, starring Dick Van Dyke and uh, 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 Mary Tyler Moore. 
um, and etc. Yes, uh, and and Dick Van Dyke. So I think I think we give I think we give the whistling of Andy Griffith. You know, we um, we might give it the, the the short shrift because you know it's like there's something there's something very you know rustic and folksy about. Uh, Andy Griffith, uh, and, it's and it's literally super, him walking down like a dirt road, you know. Right, it's super minimal. Dick Van Dyke is done with a, uh, a big band, and it's you know it's 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 arranged and it's tightly you know it's it's tightly structured, and so to me that's like immediately slam dunk. That's a theme song, uh, and the bass but, drum hits when he like trips over the ottoman, hits the floor. I mean, it's very synchronized. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, but having having just heard the Dick Van Dyke one, I want to go back to Andy Griffith for a second and ask you: Is I, I I have a hard time thinking of a show with a theme song that has done more with less. Uh, it it's 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 orchestration is I mean it's it, there's no orchestration to it. It's 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 a it's a man whistling into a microphone. And uh, and and somehow it evokes everything that I need to know about that show uh, from, you know, it's uh, from it's from its rustic setting. But also uh, there's something about like the, there's there's a there's a there's a gentility to it, uh, a simplicity to it that uh, that also gets you in the right mood to uh you know, to, to, to see the wisdom of Sheriff Andy Taylor. The third, uh, again, slightly less, lesser well-known than, uh, than Andy Griffith or Dick Van Dyke, but to, uh, to, to Daniel's, uh, just, just to hop on to, to Daniel's earlier observation, uh, Hagen's third, uh, best-known theme song is, uh, uh, for I Spy, uh, which was the, uh, the first, uh, network television uh, sitcom to feature a black lead. Alright, question. Was I Spy... It had to have been after Mission Impossible, right? I Spy... uh, Okay, 1965. Oh wow! I don't know. There's something to that particular sound of a spy show, which is, like, hey, the purpose of our show is a bunch of people sneaking around not getting noticed, but we're gonna fucking blare a trumpet at you. Mission Impossible premiered in 1966, so it's a year after. Okay. So yeah, I would argue that Mission Impossible cribbed from I Spy, not the other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mission Impossible. Another ex- is you've got another example. Um, super, you know, a, a super sticky theme song. One that that was uh, really, really, you know, really difficult to to get out of your head once it got in. Uh, but another one of those uh, theme songs without lyrics. Uh, but definitely, definitely a uh, definitely a song and not music. You know, it can't. Yes. No, no part of it. No part of it really works. Uh, without the other, maybe you can have you know a jazzy take on it, but it 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 would lose something in the in the translation the the element of that. So uh, I now I think that there are uh, you know I, I've said that Hagen tends to work without lyrics, and I wanted to find an example of 
uh, of a show uh, of his where there were lyrics. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, the program That Girl uh, did. I'm wrong. <laughs> but you know, who whoever watched an episode of That Girl anyway? Like uh, you know, uh people who made other TV cuz I know that you know a fa- family guy did a That Girl yeah. parody at one point. I let know. me check one let me check one more. I think uh, let me I'm going to check another one of his which is the Mods one. No, okay, so at this point, just, I mean, maybe maybe a small sample size, but then again, most uh, theme song Once uh, again, if there's one writers. thing we know about spies, is they're really fucking loud. <laughs> that's right. That is, that's a great point. Why are, why are, why are, sh- why do shows about spies have big, brassy, loud theme songs? <laughs> Action! <laughs> uh, a study in contrast. Although, I guess, it kind of, it follows its own logical conclusion, because... You know, uh, it culminates in a show like The A-Team, which is technically about spies, but also the furthest from a spy show that you can think of. Yeah, I don't know how far I'm willing to travel with you in, in, in considering The A-Team to be about spies. <laughs> they blow up way too much stuff for your traditional spy. Spies slash paramilitary force. I don't know. That's Right, right. Uh, I think the closest they come to being spies is that technically they don't exist. Um, <laughs> and face. So, I mean, you know. This is uh, time for some boring uh, bi- biographical historical information. Um, so I, I just think it's it's interesting uh, about Hagen uh, and our, you know, to, to, to keep on our idea of, you know, someone who uh, who sort of crossed over from what I would consider to be the theme music world uh, to uh, to writing theme songs, so he was, you know, he was a uh, he he at, at the age of sixteen, like he was he was a guy who was playing in big bands with Tommy Dorsey and Benny Goodman. Um, he cool. went to work at CBS as a staff musician, and so he worked on scores for films. Call me Madam, gentlemen prefer blondes, uh, and then. Uh, and then he he did scores for Danny Thomas series. Danny Thomas, of course, uh, was the original creator of Andy Griffith, uh, and uh, and so that's you know how he made the made the transition into into writing theme songs. Um, hmm. Just for those who I'm sure are asking the question, well, if he wrote the Andy Griffith shot theme song, did he write? The answer is yes. He definitely did write the Gomer Pyle USMC song as well. <laughs> um, I want to mention about I Spy. So I Spy, uh, definitely, definitely a theme song according to the criteria that we've established so far. But um, 
up to that point, uh, there has never been a show, uh, there had never been a show where an original score was written for every episode, and Earl Hagen uh, broke the mold on that. Uh, uh, Sheldon Leonard, the creator of I Spy, uh, asked, uh, asked, asked Hagen to score each episode like it was, like he was, like he was writing a score for a movie, and that was a that's, hugely ambitious project. Yeah, that's an intense amount of work. Yeah. Now, now that is that has that has happened subsequently. I'll, I'll point to Community as an example with Ludwig Göransson. They, uh, you know, they basically asked him to do the same thing. It takes an incredible talent to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, but uh, and 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 that's a little bit off topic of, of theme songs. But uh, as the, as the theme song writer, uh, I just feel like that's a that's an accomplishment of his that deserves uh, deserves a mention. I'd like to ask you, Daniel, and 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 Greg, of course, and the listeners, uh, the listeners at home, wherever you may be. I feel like this is an opportunity for you guys to chime in as well. Um, you know, we've asked you guys uh, what uh, what theme songs you'd like us to talk a little bit more about. Uh, I also think that uh, we are we're open to uh, some of the other uh, some other ideas for uh, thematic material that you might have. Um, directions that you might like to see us uh, do a little bit of exploration. Um, we can certainly, we can certainly, we certainly have enough to uh, to to create some episodes on our own. But we'd like you guys to be involved, and uh, and and in particular, Daniel. I, I don't know. Do you have any uh, any thoughts about what how we've been doing so far and where we might go from here? Uh, yeah, so I do think that, you know, we've talked about two individual theme song composers, so mm-hmm. I do want to assure anyone who's listening that we are eventually going to get to arguably the greatest single theme song composer, which is Mike Post. Uh, I don't know if we can fit everything about you him. You pronounce Alan Thick really weird. <clears throat> I don't know if we can talk all about Mike Post uh, <laughs> in one episode. Uh <laughs> Or in his foil, <laughs> Alan Thicke, uh, <laughs> arguably the uh, Iago to his Othello. Uh, <laughs> I, have to I don't see how that compares at all. Uh, Mozart and Salieri, maybe. All right, fine. Iago Much to better. his Othello. Yeah. I remember the time that Alan Thicke <laughs> sowed the seeds of distrust in Mike Post to the point where he smothered his wife. Sure. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we we will definitely continue to do some uh, some some composer profiles because there are there are still quite a few out there who uh, who are known for writing uh, their theme songs. We've we've touched a little bit on Sherwood Schwartz. I want to dedicate some time to him. Uh, we'll dedicate some time to Mike Post. Uh, we might need a, you're right. We might need a couple of episodes for Mike Post. Uh, we will definitely need an Alan Thicke episode. We will probably need a Jeff Franklin episode and a Gary Portnoy episode, uh, just to name a few. And we may discover a few others along the way. Um, yeah. the, uh, we will we will we will cover some specialty topics like animation, um, and I, I do think that uh, I an, animation animation is probably probably a mini series of topics because we could break that down into what I'd consider Saturday morning variety anim, animation and also uh, adult you know animation. more adult themed yeah, animation. Right. As I well. agree. I think that there's uh, and I, and I do think it's worth I, I do think it's worth examining how the purpose of a theme song changes for, uh, in comedy and drama. Uh, so if any of those topics 
topics happen to appeal to the listeners out there in particular, and you say, you know, we'd really like you to move, you know, uh, we, we're really interested in this one in particular, let us know. We'll try to move it up in the queue a little bit as it as it makes sense for us. Absolutely. Just let us know on our Facebook page, which is just, it needs to be catchy. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at needs to be catchy. Also, our, we have an Instagram, it needs to be catchy. Uh, write, and re- write and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we will see you again. So, for all of us here at It Needs to Be Catchy, I'm Joey. I am Daniel. And I'm Greg. We'll see you next time. Pile! Shazam! <laughs> <laughs>